July 20. Still very warm and unpleasant. We came 10 miles over tolerable good roads through some pretty country. Stopped at a place. We bought butter at a bit a pound. We stopped in a little town called Stockton and got dinner and rested the horses until 4 o'clock. We started, crossed the Brazos River, where the water is clear but salt to drink, and came on six miles through prairie to Center Mill and camped for the night. Frank and Mr. Kirkland are very much dissatisfied with this part of Texas. It is hilly, broken country, timbered with scrub oak. July 22nd. Still warm. Mrs. Kirkland went to church today and saw a great many strange faces. We heard a good sermon and saw one of the preacher's wives converted to God and heard them shout until they were perfectly exhausted. Mr. Kirkland met his brother today whom he has not seen for a long time. Mr. Kirkland and Mrs. Kirkland have gone to church tonight. July 23rd. Frank rented a house today at $6 a month to stay in while the horses rested up. Mr. Kirkland moved into a schoolhouse close by. Frank can get all the work he wants to do. They have no vegetables nor wheat this season on account of the grasshoppers. They live on cornbread and beef. During these days, the Shacklefords were in the territories of the Kickapoo, the Lapanapache, and the Comanche. I'm Jen Globius, and this is the Halanaki Deep Dive, a podcast about the process of mapping and analysis for historical and archaeological research using open source tools. In this episode, I'll discuss the village of Center Mills or Center Mill in Hood County, Texas and what it was like when the Shackleford stopped for a little over a month there. Let's dive in. The Shackleford's Gatewoods and Kirklands would spend about five weeks in Center Mills, Texas, in Hood County, resting their horses, despite not particularly liking the area. So as the entry I read in the intro put it, Frank and Mr. Kirkland were dissatisfied. It was hilly, um, the landscape was kind of broken, so all the all sorts of creeks there, and the timber was scrub oak. So they weren't particularly happy. They didn't want to settle there, but yet they stayed there for five weeks. So why did their party decide to rest in Center Mills in Hood County, Texas? And what can Ruth Shackelford's diary tell us about the area? Can it add anything to our understanding of the history of the of the area and what was going on in 1868. So I also needed to find a way to put the information in Ruth's diary in context. And there's actually very little information on the web. Um, there's the the Texas State Historical Association has a handbook on the internet, and their entry for Center Mills, Texas, is very short. Not much information. I was able to pull some some information, some facts from a few other places, um, a listing of historical markers in Hood County. But really the best source was a book by Thomas T. Ewell called A History of Hood County. And it's it was reprinted in a book that I put in the teaser, uh, the Hood County, Texas, USA book. But the original book by Ewell was published in 1895. While writing it, Ewell, Ewell was uh, an inhabitant of 
of Hood County in 1895. And in the conclusion, he said this, this project expanded way beyond what he was thought, which explains why it's rambling. Each little chapter is fairly self-contained, but there's no clear structure of the chapters together. And there are points where the author has to correct information from earlier chapters. He gathered information from people living there and I'm guessing they that perhaps this was serialized in the local newspaper and so each chapter chapter would come out maybe he'd get new information was like okay I have to correct this later so it's it's very informative but it's I had to read through the entire book to really get information out because it's like hard to find where I would see facts that were useful but that history because it was He was getting information from inhabitants who had been living there, like, from the beginning in some cases. It provides a good context for what Roof was writing. So some places Roof does not fully describe things. I mean, because she knew what she was talking about and this diary was for her. So it provides context for Roof's writings and helped me figure out places, as, as you'll hear about in a bit. But Roof's observations from July into August 1868 when the Shacklefers party was there also provides information that's not given in Ewell's history of Hood County. So they benefit from each other. So the early history of white settlement in Hood County really starts with surveys done by horseback between 1846 and 1850, and permanent settlements by white people started around 1853. The Brazos River flows through Hood County, and as you will put it, it was in the territories of the Comanche and the Kiowa. So these white settlers came in, plopped down their farms and their settlements, and so, of course, a lot of Ewell's history um, details fighting against the indigenous peoples. And, of course, Ewell, as is typical for his time and until very recently, and sometimes including in the present, he describes indigenous peoples protecting their lands as if they're savages preventing so-called civilization coming through. So when reading this or any other history, we have to be mindful that he's like laying out this glorious history of white people, quote unquote, settling Hood County as really they were taking land that the indigenous peoples had been using. They were colonizing it. So among these early white settlers in the area was Elizabeth Crockett, who was the widow of David Crockett, better known as Davy Crockett, um, who had died at the Alamo. So Elizabeth Crockett with their, her and Davy's son, Robert Crockett, were settled onto land there. Their family continued to be leading lights in, the, in, the, in Hood County through time. So at least by the time of 1895 when Ewell was, was writing. Hood County itself became an entity, became a county by uh, a statute on November 2nd, 1866, so less than two years before the Shacklefords arrived. However, due to a dispute about where the county seat should be located, the southern part of the county, so about the southern one-third of it, broke away and became Somerville County in 1875. So the county outlines look different today than they did from in 1868 when the Shacklefords were visiting. 
Uh, the county seat of Hood County is at Granbury, which is a town that Roof does not mention at all. But Granbury was set out really close to Stockton, which was the town they went through right before they crossed the Brazos River. So Center Mill or Center Mills, it, it, I've seen it both ways in different documents and in Roof's writing versus Ewell's history. So this community of Center Mills is where the Shackelfords, Gatewoods, and Kirkland stopped. And it was located on the very northern edge of Hood County, near the headwaters of Long Creek. So Ewell described Center Mill as an early village with a post office and a steam mill. And the steam mill, he said, had operated from the 1870s and was still in operation when he wrote his book in 1895. And it had flower of, quote, the best grade, end quote. From Ruth Shackelford, we know that that mill was in operation by 1868. She describes it, but in her July 31st entry, she noted that the mill only operated on Fridays and Saturdays. And so this might be early on in the history of the mill. They only had enough business to operate two days per week. Or it might be she had noted that um, because of grasshoppers, there wasn't wheat. There was mostly corn in the community. And so it might be that because they didn't have much to, to grind, that it only worked two days per week. So this village of Center Mills in 1868, according to Ruth, was, quote, a mill, one store, and three dwelling houses, end quote. And she also said that most of the men in the area were most interested in driving cattle. And this was, remember, this is the the time of the large cattle drives. And so that was um, a way that they were making money in, in Reconstruction era Texas. From Ewell, we know that the the merchants of that store in Center Mills were Malachi Gregory, and at some point also the Reverend R.S. Prophet. As I read earlier, Frank Shackelford rented a house on July 23rd for the family to stay in, and that was probably one of the dwelling houses that Ruth mentioned, since it was close enough to the mill to hear the grinding. The Kirklands stayed at a schoolhouse nearby, with Roof doesn't indicate how far or near nearby it, so it's really hard to tell. But since the schoolhouse is not among the buildings Roof mentioned as belonging to Center Mills, and Ewell doesn't mention a schoolhouse in Center Mills either, it it was very difficult to, like, where is this schoolhouse? So from digging around the different resources, um, near Center Mills, but not described as part of the community, was a location called Temple Hall. So in the listings of historical markers in Hood County, the historical marker for the Temple Hall United Methodist Church explains that it was organized on land donated by Thomas Parkinson. So that's the man who managed the, the mill in Center Mills, organized in 1854. Church services were held once a month under a brush arbor. So that was common. Instead of having a church necessarily, there would be a brush arbor and that's where church would take place. The marker also says, quote, around 1870, residents built a log building for use by the church, school, and the Temple of Honor Number 23 Lodge, end quote. So it doesn't have an exact date. And I really can't be certain, but Based on the proximity of Center Mills and its fact that it was that it was used as a school, I do believe that the log Temple Hall building 
had been constructed by 1868. And this was probably the schoolhouse where the Kirkland stayed. And later the the Shacklefords would move from the house they were renting and actually camp near that schoolhouse as well. While they were in the area, so they spent about five weeks there, Frank Shackelford was a carpenter, and he found carpentry work. As Rue said, he had as much work as he wanted. He fixed different buggies and wagons while they were there. Ruth also kept herself busy, and she earned some money sewing um, shirts for Mrs. Ledbetter. And she also made sacks and handkerchiefs for the Center Mills merchant. In addition, the Shackelfords were able to participate in community events while they were staying in Center Mills. So when the Shackelfords arrived in late July, there was a Baptist revival going on. Um, And you read part of it. There was people being converted. Frank Shackelford also attended a Methodist service at the Arbor in early August. And this was typical. Frank would attend almost any religious service anywhere he could hear preaching. On August 13th, 1868, the Shacklefords attended a Masonic dinner. And here's Ruth's description. Quote, Very warm. We all went nine miles to the Masonic dinner and saw a great many people, but did not enjoy ourselves at all. I had a sick headache and did not get any of the dinner or hear any of the speaking. They had plenty of baked beef, goat meat, cornbread, and coffee for dinner. End quote. So other than this description that it was nine miles from where they were sta- from where the Shacklefords were staying, there really isn't any other description of exactly where this Masonic dinner was held. But based on the other sources I have, I suspect that the location was the Acton Masonic Institute. Acton is a community that still exists today on the east side of the Brazos River, opposite from Granby in Hood County. And it is about nine miles from the location of Center Mills. Helping my case is information from Ewell's History of Hood County, where he states that the Acton Masonic Institute was constructed between 1866 and 1868, and it was used for a school on the ground floor and a Masonic lodge on the upper floor. He also says that there was a ceremony for laying the cornerstone in the summer of 1868, which is exactly when the Shacklefords were there. And he says that a large crowd gathered to hear an oration by the Reverend John Collier. So he doesn't know exactly when it happened, but it seems to match up with the August 13th, 1868 date when the Shacklefords attended a Masonic dinner. And so these two sources, Ewell's history of Hood County and Ruth's description of their time there, they both add more information. So Ruth doesn't say who was speaking, and Ewell says it was Reverend John Collier, and he doesn't say anything about the dinner, and Ruth's like, hey, there was baked beef, goat meat, cornbread, and coffee, even though she couldn't have any due to her sick headache. Now, I'm going to circle back to one of the questions I posed earlier. So why did the Shackleford's party stop for five weeks in Center Mills? And the basic reason why they stopped in Hood County, in this county itself, is that Abraham Kirkland, who had been traveling with the Shackleford's, they met up in 1865 and got along and decided to travel together in 1868. So Abraham Kirkland's brother, Jacob, had settled in Hood County. And as I read in the intro, only a few days after reaching Center Mills, the Kirkland brothers met for the first time in a long time at the church service. 
And there's, so there was visiting back and forth between Abraham and Jacob Kirkland's families. And the location where Ruth said Jacob Kirkland is living was Sulphur Springs. No, nothing but it was the Springs or it was the Sulphur Springs. So fortunately, Yule in this history of Hood County, he describes some of the early settlers and Jacob Kirkland is one of the people that's described. Yule describes him as a prosperous blacksmith at Thorpe Spring. So there's a spring. And later he farmed on Stroud's Creek. So before I found Yule's history, I was just looking for like how many springs were in this area. I found this report by the Texas Water Development Board that I'll link to in the show notes. And this report is called Major and Historical Springs of Texas. And according to that, the only springs in Hood County was known as Thorpe or Sulphur Springs. Now, they could have gone to a different, it could have been a different springs, but since it's both Thorpe and Sulphur Springs, and that's, and Jacob Kirkland had been blacksmithing at Thorpe Spring. It definitely seems like when Ruth mentions Sulphur Springs in her diary, that that is Thorpe Spring, the location called Thorpe Spring, which now is part of Granbury. So proximity to the Kirklands, to the Kirklands' brother, explains why the Shackleford's party stopped in Hood County. But it still doesn't explain why did they go to Center Mills? Like they didn't head to Thorpe Spring where Jacob Kirkland was living, but they go to the Center Mills and there's no explanation of why they went there specifically and why didn't they head to where Jacob Kirkland was living. And that part will probably remain shrouded in mystery. It's, it's difficult to say. I will be continuing more on center mills in the next episode so and i'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit um i just want to talk a a little bit about different mapping work i've been doing i have been georeferencing those uh, general land office uh plat maps so the the township maps and i'm now into through most of wyoming but i'm pausing on that for now because i have an upcoming travel and so i'm trying to do things to prep for episodes instead of doing that mapping, but I will get back to it and probably while I'm on the road. Here's something I ran across that was really interesting and map related while I was doing research. So remember that Ewell had described center mills as having a post office and a steam mill. It turns out that the United States National Archives has digitized the post office reports of site locations from 1837 to 1950. And you can search them by state or territory. And I'll post a link to this in the show notes because it's it's really interesting. Um, I went through and looked for Center Mills. And that one, it says Center Mill. And it's definitely in there. Um, I also, I went down a rabbit hole and then searched out different places where I've lived, including in Manchester, Connecticut. And it's just interesting to see how many post offices there used to be. Um, from the Center Mill post office itself it looks like malachi gregory so remember the merchant uh in of the store in center mill had he applied for a post office in center mills in february of 1874 and there were subsequent modifications in 1895 1899 and 1902 um the applications especially if they were changing location required a sketch map of the post office location And the first application in 1874 has the sketch map template is based on 
like townships and ranges, the public land survey system, which works for most of the United States west of Ohio, but does not work for Texas because when Texas was an independent country before it joined the United States, after it gained independence from Mexico, they created their own survey system, which does not conform with the public land survey system. So that sketch map is possibly not to scale. It, it It's kind of, it's difficult. It might be, but it's not necessarily. It's interesting though, subsequent like of these forms used a circle map where it has concentric circles starting at like the point, which is where you're supposed to put the post office and then one mile intervals up to 10 miles. So 10 circles. And they were supposed to draw in any railways, roads, rivers, and creeks within 10 miles of the post office, anything they could use to actually locate it. Um, I've posted all of the images of all the Center Mills post office applications and their maps on Patreon, uh, but it's in a in a public post, so anyone can access it by following the link in the show notes. And it's it's just an interesting thing to see how were post offices um, described and how did people apply for them in the past. So in the next episode, I'll finish up the Shackleford's time in Center Mills by discussing an event, by focusing on an event that changed the dynamics of their traveling party. Thanks for listening. Email questions or comments to deepdive at helenaki.com or ask them on the Helenaki Deep Dive Facebook page. Show notes of links to resources mentioned in this episode are available at helenaki.com. That's H-E-L-O-N-A-K-I.com. You can also find ways to support the show at helenaki.com support. My thanks to Patreon supporter at the geospatial analyst level, Leah Varel, whose support helps makes this podcast possible. The Helenaki Deep Dive is written and produced by me, Jen Globius of the Helenaki. The theme music is Deep Ocean Instrumental by Dan O of danosongs.com. Thanks for listening.